Mindfulness Mode 201. If one dog starts to bully, you'll see another one coming and say, hey, watch this. I don't let, this isn't how we play. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome back. Last time, I talked about how excited I am to reach our 200th episode. I'm giving away Mindfulness Mode t-shirts to celebrate. We've still got a couple left, so to get yours, send an email to bruce at mindfulnessmode.com and write a sentence or two about what you enjoy about the show. I'll announce the winners on an upcoming episode. Also, changes are coming. I'm going to reveal one of those changes right here, actually. I'm really, really excited about the different things that we're going to be doing here in the studios of Mindfulness Mode. One is this. I'm recording my interviews in video. I'm working on getting the Mindfulness Mode channel up on YouTube, and I'll let you know how it's going. You'll be able to listen to episodes as well as watch the video over at YouTube. On Monday, I recorded five video interviews, so you'll be able to watch as well as listen to these new exciting interviews. Last time I was honored to talk with a giving, caring, hardworking man who wants to help people who have been diagnosed with cancer. He was diagnosed in 2011 with colon cancer, and now he has a podcast called The Colon Cancer Podcast. Lee Silverstein was a wonderful guest, so check back to episode 200 if you haven't heard it yet. Today, you are in for what I think is a really fun treat. Do you love dogs? I certainly do. I have Sadie at home, the Westie. She's a lot of fun. My guest, my guest today has a wonderful Great Dane who is an inspiration to so many people wanting to be better leaders and use mindfulness to do it. And the reason I say this is because she has written a book called Leadership Unleashed, a Great Dane's Wisdom for the Business World. Sit back, listen, learn, and enjoy Dr. Ann Gaddy today. Okay, Mindful Tribe, I'm really excited to get started. I am thrilled to have Dr. Ann Gaddy with us today. So, Dr. Gaddy, how are you? I'm doing great, Bruce. How are you? I'm doing great also. We're here to talk about mindfulness. So you are the person having written this awesome book called Leadership Unleashed, which is tremendous because of the way you've written it. I'm I'm so excited to talk with you, but first I'm just going to just outline a little bit about you with a bio. Dr. Ann Gaddy is a business consultant with a difference. She partners with her dog, a Great Dane therapy dog named Beretta. With Dr. Ann's help, Beretta guides entrepreneurs and executives to a deeper level of mindfulness and uses other helpful strategies so their businesses will thrive. Dr. Ann is an expert in understanding and improving workplace culture. With lessons learned through Beretta's perspective, Dr. Ann has authored this book I just held up called Leadership Unleashed, 
A Great Dane's Wisdom for the Business World. And there it is again. What a great book that you've put together. I am really excited to talk with you. Where did you first get the idea, Dr. Ann, to to write a book with the perspective that you've used here with Beretta? Well, I've been in uh, business consulting for many years, and I work a lot with the, as you said, working with business culture and with employee engagement and trying to make certain we have the right people and the right jobs. And so I also have been a canine lover my whole life, and I have had dogs my whole life. And uh, we've had some great Danes in the past, but I, with two boys in the military, I'm very familiar with Wounded Warrior. I'm very familiar with the idea that we have veterans coming home that need assistance. And I uh, became aware of the therapy dog program. And so when we went to get a new Great Dane, I specifically chose one that had the kind of temperament that would be perfect to be a therapy dog. So Beretta, when he came home here, almost seven years now, it's been, he, he and I embarked on the whole issue and the whole mission of becoming a partnership with uh, Therapy Dogs International. So he and I have been working in therapy work with hospitals, with uh, military facilities, with uh children's homes, uh, children who have, are stricken with grief and have uh, dealing with grief issues. We do a lot of work in the community on a volunteer basis. And so what happened over the years, and Greta is the calmest, right now he's sleeping, the calmest boy, but he and I would go out every week and I would watch his behavior, and I would watch how he interacted. And I started using some of his examples of his training with other dogs, with working in the facilities. I would use that when I started training in the corporate world. So all of a sudden, it just was, hey, wait a minute. It just became obvious. Hey, wait a minute. We've got something here that's very different, that can be engaging, and you don't usually have a great Dane teaching people in the corporate world how they can be more positively engaged and have a higher performance workforce. So that's how we began. And we love it. Um, we go out and do workshops together. And uh, we're really, we're, we're very um, well received. People don't forget a great Dane who weighs 150 pounds and is probably three feet tall at the shoulders. Well, I can tell why you're well-received, Dr. Ann. I really enjoyed chapter six in your book, which is called Live in the Moment. And you really dig into understanding mindfulness in that chapter. So tell us about mindfulness and how a, a dog like Beretta can help us understand this concept. Well, for me, uh, mindfulness really is living in the present. And you have to show up and be present. And even when I'm starting my day, I start with five minutes of um, some reading, scripture reading, and get my day started so that I am thoughtful about what is happening as things occur. I also, after I finish a task, reset and start again. So when, when going into the hospital and working with Beretta, dogs live in the present. They don't worry about the past. They're not worrying about the future. They don't hold grudges. I have yet to see a, a, 
a dog who has a problem, run to the HR director and say, hey, this person's been mean to me or I have this grievance or whatever. The dogs have a way of respecting each other's talents. If a Great Dane knows that it's a Great Dane. A Yorkie knows it's a Yorkie. A border Collie acts like a Border Collie. And they celebrate each other's talents and use each other's talents so that's really where we say we should be in the corporate world. We should really be celebrating each other's talents that we bring into the world. So as I say, when Brett and I go into the hospital or go to the medical facility or even when we're in a workshop, he's there and he's very quiet and he's attending only to that individual with whom he's interacting. And he's very intuitive whether that person wants him to be right there with him or to back up and say, okay, you don't, you're a little um, offset by me being here. He doesn't take offense, but he just very much knows. And there are times when we'll go into a room, we'll leave a room, and as we're circling back through the uh, hallway, he'll go back into that room because he just knows that person needs a little extra attention and what the patient will say geez i was hoping he'd come back <laughs> and there was brada back so it's just the way in which they take the world use the senses that they have and take the world and just accept it as it is and uh it is really quite remarkable how he behaves well, I like in the book how you said they balance self-assured authority with approachability, thinking right. objectively, and feeling empathy. Right. Very much <laughs> so. Let's and, talk about empathy. Yeah. You know, that is one of the things that I think is so remarkable about this quiet presence that he has. They talk about a Great Dane being um, uh, not the Apollo of all dogs, but he also is a dog who is very statuesque, very stately, but he is very quiet. Uh, he, he, he just leans into the person with whom he's working. He is very sensitive and he is, and they say that about this particular breed, he's very sensitive to what that person may be feeling. And there have been times when we've worked with hospice situations, and he will not just attend, notice, and attend to the person who is the patient, but also the family members that are there and know they need his attention. They need the empathy and and the sympathy that goes along with it. So he is a gentle giant. There is no way around that. But um, he's very empathetic and when the mood calls for it. But being present, being mindful, he's also very celebratory when the time calls. 
Right. It's amazing, isn't it? We have a Westie, a West Highland Terrier, and she is just personality plus. It's just unbelievable. Those things that you're saying, it's like she knows, you know, when we're celebrating something, she's celebrating with us, but she is looking after all of us. She's keeping an eye on every one of us in the in the house, and she wants to know where we're going, when we're going, what we're doing, and she just, like you say, she's very mindful lives in the present moment, but she also shows that empathy. She really cares. Well, so. and there's there's some people that question whether a dog, a canine, actually has feelings. Now, how can you have a dog and not know that that dog has feelings? And uh, we had had with Beretta, we'd had another Great Dane that had actually raised him and when that great dame passed away, Brenda was very uh, depressed. Mm -hmm. uh, you could see that until we actually brought in a basset hound, Bella. And Bella now runs the show. But he was so thrilled and happy to have companionship. Uh -huh. You know, and that's the other thing, too. I think that these animals understand relationships. Yes. As you say, your Westie will know who's in that family, who to watch over, who needs maybe a little special attention. If I am stressed about something, the dogs are by my side. So it's very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. Now, I love the section in the book where you talked about three values that matter when building a healthy culture. Those three values, authenticity, integrity, trust. Can you talk about authenticity a little bit, uh, Dr. Ann? Well, that, those are the three values that we think are very important in the workplace. And, uh, and if you're working as a leader, you have to have authenticity. You have to be yourself. People understand. If you're not walking the talk, then people see that. Yes, they do. It's very important. Uh, as far as the dogs are concerned, one of the, the things, and I, this also, we, we may be talking about teamwork as well, but one of the things I found so fascinating in a training program with Beretta, we went out to the dog park and we'd finished our lesson and his best friend happens to be a German shepherd named Jethro. So Jethro was with him, and so was Tybee, and Tybee is a border collie. Now, Jethro wanted to play fetch, wanted, found a Frisbee that had been lying around in the dog park, brought it over to his owner, and wanted to play fetch. Well, so that's very good, but when it comes to authenticity, and this is sort of where I'm going with this, Bretta is not something, a fetching dog. Bretta does not retrieve but Jethro does, but the Tybee, the Border Collie, definitely does. And so when the Frisbee was thrown, Tybee could grab that Frisbee as, as though he could see that from the trajectory as that ball, as the, excuse me, the Frisbee was thrown. We did this three times, and every time Jethro was so frustrated because Tybee would get it, but Tybee's a Border Collie, and that's what they do. That's right. who they are. And here's Bretta. And all of a sudden, he thought, wait a minute, this is my best friend wants to catch this. So what Bretta, the next time that the owner threw the Frisbee one more time for Jethro, 
Beretta actually moved and blocked Tybee so that Tybee could not go after the Frisbee, and Jethro got it. So, and, and nobody was upset. No. You know, Jethro, Tybee, Beretta, nobody got upset, but it was just the interaction where they all sort of knew what they could do, understood. You know, I'm sure Jethro and Beretta knew Tybee can catch better than we can. Beretta can't catch it all. He, they were just being themselves. They were just acting the way they wanted to act as they were working it out and had no problem. And they just, then after the Frisbee went away, they just ran together and played. No problem. But that's the kind of thing in a workplace, I think the importance of authenticity cannot be overstated. I think that, um, and part of the authenticity is understanding hidden talent. And understanding that you have people in that workplace that have some really great talent that if you uncover, allows them to uh, expand their ability to express or to contribute or to be a part of the organization and be a more complete, authentic self. And so that's one of the reasons that I have authenticity in there. Um, and again, you know, a great Dane's going to be a great Dane. A Westie's going to be a Westie. They don't sit there and try and be something they're not. No, they definitely don't. And that's that's the part of authenticity that we liked about this. Um, but I think that people can see through it if you're not authentic. Well, I think you're absolutely right. And in the case of dogs, they just know when to take a break. They know when they need a nap. They know when they need a quiet time. As human beings, I think in this age of, of social media and, you know, busy, 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 so much going on, I think we don't realize sometimes that we need a break. And on, on our show, we talk quite a bit about meditation or different forms of meditation. And is that something you speak with clients about sometimes, that giving your brain a break and, you know, finding your calm or your, you know, getting grounded by simply just taking some time and giving some space? I, I, I don't know that I do too much on the meditation. I've heard some of your programs about meditation. I uh, will do that myself um, at home prior to embarking on the day. But what I do tell clients, and I actually do tell dogs, is that there are times after you finish a task when you need to reset, when you need to step away and start again. And, and whether it's a dog who has done some agility work and you say, okay, doggy break, time to settle down and just reset before we go on to the next thing. Um, if you've had a very important task that you've been working on or a strenuous task at work, and then you're moving to something else, it's time to reset. It's time to take, calm back down, get present again so that you can readdress. And I have one example I can use that I do use with clients, and I don't know how many of your um, audience are avid tennis players, but there's a tennis player, uh, a female named Maria Sharapova that many people know. 
Right. And one of the things you can watch her because every point is played out and then you start another point in the game. Right. And what she will do is she will play her point on the court and then she literally turns and walks away from the court, gets herself set. You can see her nodding to herself as she's regrouping, turns and comes back and starts the next point. And I think that's one of the things that everybody can do, whether or not, you know, yes, Google and some of the uh, companies understand mindfulness yes. very, very well and embrace yes, it. But at least we can say that the first thing is resetting. And the second thing I say, which again, I don't think our canines have the problem, but we do. We do, yes. And that is that we'll bring in too many of our electronic devices. Uh, into meetings and such. And what I say, tell clients is ban the phone. Don't even bring it in so that you're not playing with it. You're not distracted because part of being mindful is eliminating the distractions. Yes. And therefore, what I say is don't bring them in with you. So if they leave the phones out of their meeting place, First of all, they're going to have better conversations and develop relationships with one another. You and I are in a meeting and we don't have phones. Let's say, hey, Bruce, how's it going? What's going on? You know, right. how is your dog kind of thing? <laughs> if I have my phone, I'm liable to yeah. be talking. Or yeah, and me, I'd be down looking at my screen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so then we don't, we miss an opportunity to engage and take advantage of that moment where we can start be, being able to develop more of a relationship. That's a but great point. Those are a couple of things that I will tell clients they need to be doing on a regular basis. And it's hard. The millennial generation, I don't think they know how to move without a phone. <laughs> Many don't. It appears that way, doesn't it? <laughs> they have phones. You know, their thumbs are tired. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, you talk about choosing a pack mentality. How do we do that? Well, tell, talk about the importance of that in the corporate world, in the business world. Well, I think that it's really, um, and I talk about different kinds of leadership. Yes. And you can be, obviously, positional leadership is one. You have the, the authority. You are the CEO. You are the branch manager. You are the... Um, director of this particular division. So you have a leadership position, but there's also expertise leadership. And that means that you could come in and maybe you're in a team and you're the, the, the leader that knows about the IT, or you're the leader that understands the learning principles, or you're the leader that knows this particular project manager. You know, you can each have leadership contributions to the team. And in a pack mentality, dogs very clearly understand their hierarchy. They know, like I have right now, two canines in this household and in, in, Bella is in charge. She's the female and she is a 60 pound basset hound low to the ground with her long ears. And she's running the show over Beretta, who's 150 pounds. And he's listening to her and she's in charge and she knows it. And she reminds him of that. But in the pack mentality, I think that it allows also for the teaming and that they understand where they are in the pack 
what their role is in the pack. And that's what I said about in teamwork, what is your role in that particular team? And they can change. You know, if Beretta goes and he's in a a play uh, area and he's there for a play day at the park where we sometimes leave him for doggy daycare, there'll be different packs depending on who is there that day. And they still know okay, you're doing this, I'm doing that. And there is an importance because they know the mission of that pack. These dogs know what their role is and what the mission. Your Westie knows what his or her, is a he or a she? It's a she. It's a she, okay. Yeah, she's in charge. Yeah. She knows what her mission is. Yes. And, and then she does that. And she doesn't yes. try and do something else. She yeah. does what her mission is. And I think that that's one of the things we, again, in celebrating our own talents is as long as you know what the talents are that people are bringing to the table, you can put together very well-defined, high-performance teams, organizations. And they can come, the, the packs can change depending on what that project is. So that's really where I think... Um, I've, I've just learned by seeing them in action. You know? Of course, of course. Well, Dr. Ann, I've worked in bullying prevention for some time, and I always like to ask a question about that. Can you speak about bullying or maybe a story about a bullying situation? Because often mindfulness can help with that. Well, I um, first of all, I did have, uh, before I had this website, uh, Strategic People Solutions, I should I should say that I had a website called Stress Management for Women. And I did talk about bullying on there. And I talked about uh, how we have to be mindful of what is going around, but also we have to be um, able to come forward if there is an issue and make certain that there's specific rules, just like we have a pack mentality here with the canines. I don't see any bullying with there. And if there, if one dog starts to bully, you'll see another one coming and said, Hey, watch this. I don't like, this isn't how we play. So they sort of monitor each other to make certain that you're not getting into any of this. And in the workplace, we just, we do a lot of employee policy manuals that we create for our clients as well. And we, you know, as we're designing their um, helping them with their workplace culture, we just put that right out there because the worst thing you can have is a hostile work environment or you can have anything where there's even the slightest concern about bullying because the entire organization goes down. The, the productivity goes down. People don't do well if they're afraid. People don't do well when they're fearing that there can be some retribution for what is occurring with them in their lives. So we just, put it out there that we will not tolerate these kinds of things. And if this is occurring, here are the steps you are to take. So um, it's, it's something where we also, whenever we have employee uh, sort of uh, 360 programs and we have some apps that allow you to uh, uh, comment on how your colleagues are working, no negative comments are allowed. 
you can you can comment and you can say and and they are also you can't be anonymous so you can put your comments in but they have to be positive saying i work with this person fabulous job or i didn't realize she was so creative or i didn't realize you know that they had this talent in this area whatever you want to write but it is to promote a positive reaction rather than anything you know we just don't tolerate the negativity right that's great that's really great. Dr. Ann, I have five quick answer questions for you. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced mindfulness for you? Uh, aside from my dog. Aside from your dog, is there an actual person that you could name? Um, I, I have to say that, and this is very academic, but one person that, and he just died last year, but he was probably my... Um, hero when it comes to psychology. His name was Dr. Jerome Bruner. And the thing I liked about, I admired about him is that he was always looking for new possibilities. He was always in a learning state and he died at 101 and he was still working. Mm. But he was very positive about in his world of educational psychology and how we learn he was always, what's, what is the meaning behind this experience? He was very sensitive to the experiences, but also what possibilities are out there for us. So I think he would be the person I would suggest. Great. How has mindfulness affected your own emotions? I think it just keeps me healthier. I think you stay uh, in a ment mental health-wise, you stay not only uh, and it's not that you stay, yes, you stay calm, but then you understand how to celebrate and how to show gratitude and how to be thoughtful, which is what I like to do. If something goes wrong, rather than saying, well, geez, this was, this was a loss. I won, I lose. No, I win and I learn so that I do something better. So I, I think that mindfulness is a way in which it allows you to be um, introspective. It allows you to be uh, showing a little metacognition where you can look outside and say, what's really going on? So that you have a better perspective of how to um, analyze situations and how to learn from them. Dr. Ann, I love what you said. It's not that you win and you lose, you win and you learn. That's that's great. Tell us about breathing. Is is breathing part of your mindfulness practice? Could you comment on that? Well, one thing you don't know is that um, years ago, when I first came, I live in Pennsylvania now. When I first arrived in Pennsylvania, I always wanted to sing well. So I started to take singing lessons, voice lessons. Mm -hmm. And if, if you know anything about voice lessons, the first thing they teach you is diaphragmatic breathing. That's right. So I, you know, I found, uh, and, and this was interesting because the woman that I studied with actually had a heart issue, but she said because of her diaphragmatic breathing, it helped her a great deal um, overcome some of these heart issues. But it's just a healthy way, and it's just something that, again, calms you down and you can reset easier and you're refreshed when you're using diaphragmatic breathing. So that was one of the things I never really was a great singer. I loved learning how to sing. 
I just didn't want to be in public singing, you know, too much. I'll be in a choir kind of thing. But right. diaphragmatic breathing was something that I take with me. And if, if I start to feel that, I, you know, you get that stress feeling, there's nothing like taking three breaths and you're starting to feel that calm that you're back in, in control of things and you can move on and be reset. Absolutely. If you could recommend a book related to this topic of mindfulness, other than your own, which I'd like you to mention as well, Leadership Unleashed. It's such a wonderful book. Uh, but yes, if you could recommend another book, what would that be? I think I learned a lot from John Kabat-Zinn yes. with Full Catastrophic uh, Living. Yes. So that, that's the book. Yes. Um, because, and he uses the wisdom of your body and mind, again, mindfulness, but he does it more also with groups, which I thought was interesting. So yeah. I, I thought his was a good book. Yeah, he's very talented and a great communicator for sure. Now, I know that there are so many apps out there and some people use apps for mindfulness to get focused. Some people use apps that will help them in their in their productivity and that helps them to be more focused because they don't feel like they're trying to remember things. But do you have an app that you would recommend that would help people be more mindful? The only thing I can say is that I use, uh, I try and use um, just my calendars. I use a calendar on my computer and I also um, do use a lot of um, just the text where I will just write down my notes just on a, and I don't, it's just the, the, the memo pad yes. that is there because I want to get it out of my mind so that I don't forget about it. But the other thing is that I, we are so creative and we're, we come up with ideas all the time. And if we don't jot them down, they're forgotten. Yes. And we remember, we'll, we'll, we just don't remember all these great ideas. So one of the things I try and include is innovation. As I'm, you know, in, living in the moment, a lot of times great ideas come up and we want to share those. So I like to have just a, a running memo of things that I've thought of through the day. And sure. then after that, what I do like to do is come home and as I'm working and looking through the day, sort of have an after action review and come down and pull that stuff and say, where does it go? Where can I put this? So that it is more, it's not only more productive, but it makes you, it just makes me feel like I'm connecting that, some of these other projects, there's still a connectivity between one and the other as I've thought things through the day. That's good advice. Dr. Ann, how can we learn more about what you do and connect with you and, and get your book? Well, you can always uh, join me on strategicpeoplesolutions.com. I also have a Facebook page. I'm on Twitter at Ann Gaddy. Um, and I think, and I'm at LinkedIn also under Ann Gaddy, but I think that I'm very interested, very interested in employee engagement and building a culture that is cohesive, that is a collaborative, high, highly productive, but positive work environment where you are continually able to learn and grow because a business is only as good as its people. And so if people have some ideas, 
If they have articles that they'd like to share, I would really like that, especially on our Facebook page, which we're just starting up, um, to have people share some of those ideas with us. Because really, it's the people that makes the organization. Yeah, it surely is. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Dr. Ann, and being on the show. Really appreciate it. Really love learning about Beretta and how Beretta helps because pets can help all of us to connect and be mindful. So thanks again for being on Mindfulness Mode today, Dr. Ann. Well, Bruce, I really appreciate it. It's been quite an honor. And if there's anything I can do for you or your audience, please let me know. And, uh, I'd be glad if there's some information you'd like me to share, articles you'd like me to write. I'd be glad to help in any way I can. Thanks so much, Dr. Ann. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Enjoy. Bye now. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. Remember to get your free Mindfulness Mode t-shirt by sending me an email to bruce at mindfulnessmode.com with a sentence or two about what you enjoy about the show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness.